tie me to you. Tie me to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You could stop. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to tie ourselves to you, Lord. Yes. That we can deny ourselves. Jesus. Empty ourselves that we may be filled with you. Yes. Your Holy Spirit, God. We thank you for the word today. We thank you for this day that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I want to get up here. Tie me to the altar. Did you write that? Give her a. You know, and that ties right into the message uh, today because we're living in some difficult times. Tie me to the altar signifies that we need to be closer to God. Yes. That we need to pray. We're going to talk about prayer today. The title the Lord gave me is When You Pray. Okay, now if you're not accustomed to prayer, this is the message for you because you want to pray. Because there are times when we need to pray. I'm just blown away by the song. <laughs> Tie me to the altar. You know what that's saying? Do you, can you imagine that? Being at that, you know what the altar is for, right? That's the place where they offer sacrifice. That's where sacrifices. That means death has to occur. Why death? Sin. I need to be at the altar. I don't know about you. We're going to talk about that. All right. Father, this afternoon, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. You're so kind. And we need you right now. We thank you, Lord. We need comfort right now. We need strength. Sister Tuggle has gone on to be in your presence. And, oh, God, we know somebody is hurting right now. And not only Sister Tuggle, but there are others that have gone on to be in your presence. And there are many that are hurting right now. And Father, you're the God of all comfort. Yes. And this is what we ask right now, Lord, is for you to comfort, for you to strengthen, for you to encourage. Help somebody, Lord, that wants to give up, that they realize they don't have to give up. Yes. We thank you, Lord. You said you'll never leave us, neither forsake us. Oh, God, walk with us today. Hold our hands. Walk by our side. Thank you, Lord. Bless your word to the people this afternoon. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. 
what what a message I'm st- I, it's going to take me a little time give me a little time to get over that message tie me to the altar because we're talking about prayer Psalm 32 and 6 says therefore let all godly pray to you while there is still time this is David and David is saying Lord let all the godly pray to you while there is still time. What David is saying here is that we are not promised tomorrow while there's still time. Things are getting worse if you read, if you listen to the news. They seem to get worse every day. While there's still time, we have to pray. Tomorrow is not promised. We have taken so much for granted. We woke up this morning. How many woke up this morning? Amen. And how many have breath in their lungs? You know why? That's God. God gave you another day. Another day of breath, another day of life, another time, another opportunity for you to consider not just the big things. You think of, we think about the big things. I got the nice this and then got the nice that. I got the nice house. I got the nice car. I got money in the bank. I'm happy. I mean, I have good health in my body. And we think that that's how it, it just has to be. We think that everybody lives like this. Everybody does not live like that. How many have prayed for those in Turkey and Syria that just had the earthquake a few weeks ago? 50,000 people got up that morning and they thought they had tomorrow. Husbands lost wives. Wives lost husbands and children. They didn't get up that morning thinking they were going to lose family members. They got up that morning like every other day, thought that it was going to be just like yesterday. Tomorrow's not promised. What we have is right now. Tomorrow's not promised. You don't even know what the end of the day holds. We're going to be looking in the book of Matthew for a few minutes. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 13, actually 5 through 13. In those first few verses in chapter, chapter 6, we are looking, actually let me, let me back up a little bit here because we're, we're going to be looking at what's part of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus and his disciples go up on a mount, a little hillside, and Jesus sits them down and he teaches them. Before this has transpired, many things have happened. Jesus has begun his ministry. John the Baptist has ended his ministry. If you remember the story that John baptized Jesus in the river and the spirit of the Lord came down like a dove and lit on him. And the father says, this is my beloved son, what, in whom I'm well pleased. And then the scriptures tell us that the spirit of God drove Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days 
to be tempted of the devil. To prepare him, why would Jesus, the Son of God, the, who is God the Son, need to be prepared? Because he was not only God the Son, the Son of God, he was also the Son of Mary. He was a human. This is a dichotomy. Jesus was not 50% God and 50% human. He was 100% God and 100% human. The humanness about him, which is who lived and what everybody saw, had to be prepared. And if Jesus needed to be prepared, we need to be prepared. Because there's things out there that you can't see and I can't see, but they are just as real. They're more real than what you see. Do you know that these bodies we walk around in are going to one day drop? And they're going to go back to the dust from where they. But the spirit that's in us is eternal. And that never dies. Amen. But you don't see it. But it's real. There are things in this world that we don't see, that we don't understand. And so we need to be prepared. Jesus was sent into the wilderness to be prepared for ministry. We are all ministers and we all need to be prepared. Let's look at some of these verses, verses five through eight. I'm not going to focus on. I just want to show you three things. Or one thing in those three, uh, five, three, four verses. I'm going to read them, but I'm going to focus on verses nine through, through 13. Verse five says, when you pray. Now, what he has done here is he has compared prayer, which was shown by the religious leaders who would go down the street and they would stand on the street corners and they would say these long drawn out prayers and they'd have on their nice garb and they look so holy. But Jesus explains to them, I don't want you to pray like that. Why? Because these gentlemen were only praying to get attention. They wanted to be seen of men and they want to be heard from men. So let me read a little bit of what he says here. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth that it that it, uh, that is the, the mm, let me slow down. that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray here, he says it in when you pray. Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything, your father will see you in your privacy, will reward you. One more time, he says, when you pray. Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. So you don't have to show off. You don't have to have everybody see what you're praying about because God already knows what you need anyway. Amen. So this is the, the verses I want to focus on on the next few verses. Verses six or verses nine through 13. Verse 9 says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. I'm reading out of New Living Translation. If you have New King James, it's going to be worded a little bit differently. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those 
who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And if you have King James, it'll keep going. It'll say, and for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. New Living doesn't, doesn't have those verses in it, but that's okay. So when we look at those verses... We're reminded because Jesus was on this, uh, preaching this sermon on the mount. If we, if we had read, we would go back to uh, John 1.17, and it talks about that, and it says that Jesus went up on the mountain to teach them. It reminds us of the same thing that happened uh, when Moses went up on the mountain. The scripture says the same thing in the book of Exodus. It says that in Exodus 19.3, in verse 3, it says, Moses went up on the mountain, and he went to get the law. So you see a little parallel here. At Jesus, Matthew 5, when I said John 1, 17, John 1, that's not the right verse. It was Matthew 5, 1. It says, Jesus went up, and when Moses went up, the scripture said nobody was allowed to go on that mountain. Matter of fact, they were told not to come near that mountain because what? They would die. Jesus goes up on this mountain and all his disciples are around him and he invites us to come to him. Yeah. He says, come unto me, yeah. all ye that labor and are heavy laboring, I will give you rest. So where Moses was on a mountain to get a, a, a law, which basically told them you're just sinners. The law of Moses did not help them to be saved. The law of Moses just let them know you're sinners. Matter of fact, before he got down the mountain with the, the two tablets with the Ten Commandments on it, God told him, you need to get down there. Those people have gone crazy. They had broken the laws before they even saw the laws. But Jesus is changing something here. And remember who, who, who this was that, that was on, on the mountain with, at Mount Sinai. This was the I am. Remember when, when, when Moses said, when they, when they asked me who sent me, who should I say sent me? He says, tell them the I am have sent you. I am that I am. Well, guess what Jesus just happened to say? He just happened to say, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. So what am I saying? I'm saying this was Jesus back there on Sinai is what I'm saying. And the same Jesus back on Sinai is now here with his disciples and with this crowd and where they were afraid to approach that mountain and would die if they came and coast that mountain. Jesus says, come unto me. He says, I got something for you. I got something you need. But what he's going to do, he's going to teach them something because they're going to ask him. They're going to say, Lord, teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. He says, pray like this. Now, one other thing before we look at those verses. John 1.17 says something very interesting. He says, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. The law came through Moses. But the law was nothing but a what? A, a taskmaster to tell you, slap you on the wrist because you did it. It said, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And when you did it, you got slapped because you messed up. It didn't give you the power to overcome the, the, that drive that makes you do it, what you do. Why? We're sinners because what? Why are we sinners? 
Not because you sin. You are a sinner because you are born that way. That is your nature to sin. Sinners sin. You're not a sinner because you sinned. You see the difference? We put the cart before the horse. We think if the things you do make you a sinner. You're born a sinner. You do the things you do because you're a sinner. So how do you overcome doing those things? And that's what's important. There is a way to overcome doing the things you're not supposed to do. John 3, 5, uh, 3, 3 and 3, 5 says what? Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again. You were born in sin the first time. You need to be born again. You need to be born from above. If you're born from above, now you have the power of Jesus Christ. You have the power of God in you to live through you. Now you can do those things that you need to do. Because you have the power to do them. I have lost my place. Oh, there you go. So let's look at some of these verses. Oh, my God, it's already 10 minutes still. You guys should have said, slow down. So when we look at those verses, verse 5 through 8, what we are seeing is Jesus has told them that the motivation of your heart is wrong here. You're motivated by people looking at you. And so Jesus is telling them, when you pray, don't do that. Don't pray for, for, because you want people to see you pray. Don't pray because you think it looks good. Don't try to compete with other people how they pray. You want to pray like, no. She says, you have a different motivation. So what he's giving us in these verses, verses 5 or 6, no, 9, 9 through 13, he's giving them an instructional prayer outline. He's not giving them this prayer so they can pray the same words. Our Father, which are, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not why he gave them this. This is an outline. We're going to look at some of that. Look at that. Verse nine, verse 9 says, the first thing he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. When, you're, when you don't know the Lord, God is not your Father. You only can call your father father when he's your father, which means what? You have relationship with him. I don't I never was go go to my next door neighbor when I was a kid. I didn't go to my next door neighbor and knock on the door and say, hey, daddy. <laughs> because that wasn't my daddy. And he look at you, look at me like, what's wrong with you, boy? Go home, go home and talk to your dad. But when my dad is around, I can go to him and I say, Daddy. Why? Because I have a relationship with him. Amen. So he says, when you pray, you pray like this, Father. Why? Because the, the, in the old, under the law of Moses, he was God. There was no relationship. I have a wife sitting right here. See this ring right here? 46 years. Amen. I'm bragging now. <laughs> I have relationship with her. How do I know I have relationship? Because I'm with her every day, right? If you have relationship with God, guess what? How often are you going? Because you have relationship. Our Father. 
He says, our father in heaven. Because you have an earthly father. Most of us. Some people don't know, didn't never know their father. I know my wife never knew her father. She actually, my father became like the, maybe the first or second father she could call father. But God is our father if we have relationship with him. And he says, call him father in heaven. Not on earth. Earthly fathers do the best they can, but this father here is, he's dynamite. He is all that you need. Relationship. Romans 8.15 says, we call him Abba. That's the Greek word for daddy. Papa. You don't call everybody that. You call some people that, they look like, no. Not your daddy. Verse 9 says what? Hallowed be thy name. Your name is what? Holy. What does that mean? The word holy or is the same word for sanctified. It means separated. It means set apart. So how is God holy? Because God is separate from everything that is evil. He's separate from everything that is sinful, which is why when Jesus was on that cross, this is why Jesus agonized in the Garden of Gethsemane, because he knew that on the cross, something was going to happen. His father would turn away from him for the first time in ever. Remember, Jesus was in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus was God in the beginning with God. So in eternity past, God, Jesus was always there with his father. On earth, you always see Jesus get, he said, I get away to be with my father. In prayer, he was never apart from his father. But when he was in that garden, he prayed and he said, Lord, he said, Father, if there's any other way. That's why he said that. Is there any other way than you turning your back on me? That's that's what he agonized for. He agonized with he agonized about it to the point where he sweat as it were drops of blood. Can you imagine what he was thinking? I've never been apart from you. Now you're going to separate from me. Why did he separate from him? Why did God turn his back on his son? Because God had put all of the sin of the world on him. God can't look on sin. God is separate from sin. God is holy. Your name is holy. 1 John 1, 5 says God is light and in, them, in him is no darkness at all. Verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. God has a kingdom of his own. But one day his kingdom is going to come to earth physically. But we don't have to wait for that. When the king is present, the kingdom is at hand, the scripture says. Jesus walked on this earth for three, 33 years and he ministered for three of those years. And when he was preaching, and this is what Matthew says, that the Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. Why? Because the king was in their midst. That was Jesus Christ. He said the king is in your midst. The kingdom of God is at hand. Guess what? The spirit of God living in you means what? The king, uh, the king lives within you. And if the king lives within you, the kingdom of God is where you are. 
Everywhere you go, if you know the Lord, if he lives in you, the kingdom of God goes with you. People talk about I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored, but don't know why. They don't even understand why. It's true. But you don't go around bragging, I'm blessed and highly favored. Because if you're that blessed and highly favored, you'll walk in the spirit that Christ walked in. And what did he do when he walked in? He ministered to people. He said, I did not come into the world to be served. He said, I came to serve. And if the, if the God of the universe comes down here and washes his disciples' dirty feet, what are we supposed to be doing? Walking around with our chest on my, look at me? That's not, what, that's not what this is about, I don't think. <laughs> thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. His will being done, his will is always done in heaven because he's God. But he wants his will to be done down here. Where? In us. Thy will be done in us. Those that came to power this morning, we talked about, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, favoritism. How that was a sin to have, hold other people better than others. What, who did Jesus hang out with? He didn't go hang out with, with, the, with the, 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 the religious leaders. He went to the ones that everybody hated. He went to, he hung out with, 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 with uh, uh, tax collectors. Anybody here know an IRS agent? <laughs> Remember, tax collectors were hated. They were hated by the Romans, who they worked for, and they were hated by the Jews, who, who they were like, how are you going to work for them? They're our enemy. So they were hated from both ends. The only friends tax collectors had were tax collectors. Because they were just like them. Verse 11. Verse 10 says, your will be done on earth. When he's talking about God's will being done, what are we talking about? What God wants. It's a simple thing. What does God want? What does God want us to do? How does God want us to act? Remember he said what? Be ye what? Holy. For I am holy. We're supposed to be like our father. How many, how many know that you, how many men, I can't say to women, remember when you wanted to be like your daddy? Yeah. Yes, yes, me too. And my dad smoked. And I said, that's what men, that's what my daddy does. It must be good. So I did that for about two years and I stopped. Thank God I stopped. But that was what I wanted. I wanted to be like my daddy. I remember my dad used to say, boy, you, you know, you, you have to be the, um, from the country to understand this one. You, get a, you know, they used to get a piece of wood and they sit on the porch and they do what they call it, whittle. Yeah. Whittling. Yeah. And they cut the little, and so he, they, they say, you're a chip off the old block. <laughs> they, mean, they mean, you're just like your daddy. And we want to be like our father. Am I right? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11 says, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Do you know that in the, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they received manna from heaven every day. And you could only get enough for one day. You couldn't get enough for two days. If you tried to get enough for two days, it would rot. So manna every day for 40 years came down from heaven. He fed them with manna. God did that. And on, and on Thursday, because Friday 
I got it backwards. Friday, they would collect for two days because the next day was Sabbath and they weren't allowed to do it on the Sabbath because you were arrested on the Sabbath. But other than that, every day God provided for them in the wilderness. All they needed. And they weren't satisfied, of course. And just like us, we don't, we're not satisfied. We need, we don't, it's not good enough to have enough for today. I need to have enough for next week. Next, and we go to the store, we buy all this food, put it in the refrigerator, put it in the, put it in the cover. And that makes sense. This is a different, different time. But my point is, God provides for you every day. Amen. Whether you got enough for a week in your refrigerator, God provides you for every day. That's material and physical food. But God wants us to have the spiritual food every day, too. You have more than, you're, you're more than just your body. You're not just a big old body running around here. But you, you live in the body you, you look at in the mirror. That's not you. You're invisible. We are made in our Father's image. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him what? In spirit and truth. So we are spirit invisible. When this body dies, you do not. And so you need to make sure that when this body dies, and this body will die, it is going to die one day. When this, when this body drops to the ground, you need to make sure that you have your ticket to get in the next door, into the next play, into the next. And that means being filled with the Holy Spirit. That means being born of the Spirit of God. That's your ticket, being born again. You can't make, you don't get to go there. You don't go to heaven just because you thought you were good. Because the Bible says what? There is none good. There's none righteous. No, not one. So you, you're not making it in because you think you're good. Somebody asked Jesus what he's, they said to him, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said what? Why do you call me good? There's only one that's good, and that's God. So, God. so Jesus wasn't saying he wasn't God. He was saying to the person who asked the question, do you know what you're saying to call me good? Because, he, yeah, Jesus was good. But he didn't know that. He didn't know why. So you don't get in by your, by your goodness. You get in by the grace of God. Yes, we are saved by grace through faith. Verse 12 says, and forgive us. Did I do 11? Yes. Forgive us our trespasses. Oh, wait, let me back up one more, one more thing. That spiritual food, that spiritual bread every day is what? It's the word of God. That means your scripture, the Bible. That's your word. That's your bread. Every day you need a little bread. I don't know about you. I can eat some bread. Uh. I can, matter of fact, my wife will tell you, <clears throat> I'll save my bread to the end of the plate. It's like my dessert. I love bread. But from a spiritual standpoint, you need the word of God. That's, that's your spiritual food. You are, a, you are a person who has soul, body, and spirit. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You can't neglect one of those aspects of who you are without suffering somehow. You don't feed, because we, we, we know what happens when you don't eat physical food. You get a little, first it starts out just hungry. Stomach growling. Then you, you know what goes on from there. And some people stop eating for a purpose. They want to lose some weight. 
So they don't eat as much or they eat different. But you can't neglect your spirit man and expect your spirit man to please God. You have to. You want to please your father? How many want to please? How many? Raise your hand. Want to please your father? You want to please your heavenly father? Yes, yes, yes. We want to please our heavenly father. And so you please your heavenly father by getting involved. Why, why do I say that? Why do I say that the word of God is important? Because when you read the word, when you not just read it, study it. There's a difference between just reading it and studying it. Because what is the word of God? It's the word of God is God. Jesus is called the word of God. Our Bible is called the word of God. So we have Jesus, who is the actual word of God, and we have the Bible, which is what? The written word. Jesus would tell the religious leaders, he said, you do study the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but it is they that testify of me. Jesus says that the Bible is about him. If you want to know who God is, you've got to know what his word says. And what it means. That's the only way to know. And the more you know about who God is, guess what? The more you love him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, you, and the more you realize how much he loves you. You have, if you don't know this, let me tell you something about how much he loves you. The scripture tells us in the psalm, it says that in the 139th psalm, it says, my, this is what he said, my thoughts toward you. Toward you. You need everybody. Point to yourself. His thoughts toward me are more than the sand on the seashore. And those of you that have never heard me say this, go get you a teaspoon and go to the beach. Get a teaspoon, just a teaspoon. Take it and put it back. Take it home. And take those granules when you get home, put them out on the table, and count how many of the granules. And when you get done next month, come back and tell me how many granules you counted. That's a teaspoon. More than the sand on the seashore is his thoughts towards you. You. You say, nah, not me, because he knows me. He knows I'm no good. I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm not you know, religious. No, I'm talking about you. You. He loves you. Verse 13. Uh, no, verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts or our trespasses as he forgives, as we forgive those who trespass. This morning we were talking about forgiveness. And if you missed it, forgiveness is not for the person that you're forgiving. Forgiveness is for you. When you don't forgive, you hold on to grudges. When you hold on to hurts, it doesn't hurt the other person. It doesn't do anything to them. You're the only one suffering. So forgiveness is so you get healing, so that you can move on. And it's hard to do at first, I know. And it's hard to do it. Some, some people cannot let go of pain. It's not for their benefit. You're not, they're not losing or gaining anything by you forgiving them. It's for you. So you can move on. And sometimes it's so hard, you have to say, Lord, 
I can't do it. I need help. And you have to let him know that you feel that way. You can't, you can't do it. And this is what God wants. He wants you to tell him what you need him to do. He, I need help here, Lord. I'm almost finished with this because we got to talk about something very important. Forgive us, Lord, as we forgive. Remember, especially in the body of Christ, we're teammates. Me and my wife are teammates. When we mess up, when my wife messes up, it's not my job to go and beat her down because she messed up and yell at her and scream at her. What I'm called to do is what? Support. I'm supposed to go and I'm supposed to take up the slack. Wherever she lacks, I go and fix it. I go in there and I fill it. That's my job. That's her job. We're teammates. We're on the same team. We don't, we're not supposed to be at each other's throats. Why do you think God gave us marriage? It wasn't just so we can have kids and have fun. Because marriage, the Bible tells us that marriage is a picture of a relationship. It's the relationship between Christ and the church. That's what marriage is. That's why God does not like to see divorce. It happens. And sometimes it's better, it's more, there's peace when there's divorce, but it's not God's best will. It's not God's will. It's God's will is for us to be representatives of his relationship with us, the body of Christ. Are you stretching because you're trying to tell me something? Okay. I'm t- okay, I got to go. We're teammates. Verse 13 says, and, and, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I'm just going to read one verse in James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says, God never tempted, God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. That's right. That's right. God does not tempt you. Temptation comes. Now, I know what, when I say temptation comes, I know what you're thinking. Temptation comes from the devil. But that's not what this says. If you haven't read this, it says temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. We're tempted when we have desires and we yield to the desires. My my son, my middle son, we couldn't take him to the store because uh, Thrifty Drugstore had this candy rack right there in front. And we would walk in there and... And Mark, would, he, we're going over here to go through the turnstile, and Mark is going the other direction because the candy was over there. He saw the candy, and it was like, oh, I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd dart to that candy. Mark, come on. And he would, uh, Mommy, I want this one. I want, you know, temptation. We're, we're drawn, drawn away, enticed. And the scripture goes on to tell us, and then when sin is complete, it brings forth death. Sin brings forth death from the desires of our flesh. So he says, when you pray, I want to give you an example of how not to pray. Luke 18 verses 9 to 11 and 13 says, this is a, is a parable he's talking about. He says, also he spoke this parable to some who, who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Wow. Back to our message uh, lesson this morning. Mm-hmm. 
And it says two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed. Listen to this. It says the Pharisee stood and prayed thus to himself. He's praying, but he's not praying to God. He's praying to himself. He says this, God, I thank you. Notice what he said. He didn't say father. Remember we're talking about father? He says when you pray, you pray father. This man had no relationship with God, so he can't call him father. He says, God, I thank you. But remember who he's really talking to? He's talking to himself. And he's calling himself God. How many know that when, when we don't have God, the Lord of heaven and earth, as our God, that we can put ourselves as God? We become our own gods. He says, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. But look at, look at the difference. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven. As he prayed, instead, he, he did this. He beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me. Why? For I'm a sinner. And Jesus would say, guess which one went up, went justified? The one who was repentant. The one who recognized his sinful nature. The Pharisee prayed with himself, and he exalted himself. Why? Because he was religious. You see the difference between religion and relationship. This Christian walk is supposed to be relationship, not religion. We're not here to, to, to you know, I go to church on Sunday so I can get my little check mark in God's, book, in God's book and I can go back and do what I want to do. That's not, this, this is not Christianity. That's, that's called religion. But the, the tax collector was humiliated by himself. He recognized how sinful he was. And he knew that he deserved God's condemnation. That's where we, this is the only way God will, will approach you is when you repent and recognize that you are not good. You're not good. In our righteousness, his scripture says we're filthy rags. In our best days, on our best days, with our best clothes on. We just came back from the hairdresser. I'm looking good. Jesus, God says what? In all that, you're, you're filthy rags. Why? Because God is not looking at your clothes and your hairdo. He's not looking at your nails. He's looking at your heart. And so he requested mercy. Have mercy on me. And Jesus said he went down justified because he knew and he, he recognized his sin. You have to recognize that sin is a booger. God hates sin. All right, I'm going to skip ahead because I'm running out of time. I've run out of time. And, uh, okay, why should we pray and what should we pray for? And so we're going to wrap this up. We're going to pray for obedience. I should say this. We pray out of obedience because he said pray. He said pray. What is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. Because you have relationship with him. God wants to be with you. 
He wants to sit with you when you pray. You, you, you know, you have to make time with God. If you want to develop any relationship, marriage, you have to make time. You can say, I don't have time. I'm busy. I've been working all day. I'm tired. You have to make time. Let me tell you something. God wants you to make time. God, God makes time for you. Do you know you can pray to God any time of day or night? That's right. Amen. 1 a.m. in the morning, you can get up and say, Lord, and he's, and he, and he, look at him. He's already there waiting for you to pray. He's anxious to hear from you. He wants to hear your voice. It's nothing more satisfying than to hear your children say, Daddy. I loved it when my son said, Daddy. I call her mom. She likes that. She's looking at me like, what? But that relationship needs to be, it needs to be fostered. You have to put time in it. You have to make time for God. Why do we pray? Because prayer is worship. When you pray, you're worshiping God. Psalm 63, 1 says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. I, I need to see my wife. I need to see her. I need to be near her. I need to be with God. I need to make time because I need to be around him. In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. And in his right hand, what? Pleasures. I, I, I pray because I'm thankful. Psalm 136 one says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good. And what? His mercies endure to all generations. I pray, and when I pray, I confess. I let the Lord know, I messed up. I know I messed up. That, 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 that tax collector says, I'm a sinner. I messed up. Isaiah in chapter 6, he says, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And when he said that, God fixed it. He sent an angel to him with a hot coal to clean, and he says, your sins are forgiven. Because he asked for it. John 1, 1 John 1, 9 says what? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Fellowship. We just talked about that. Fellowship is another reason why I pray. Because fellowship means what? We're in this together. Yeah. Fellows in a ship. You're in a ship, the ship goes up and down. Up and down, fellowship. Fellows in the ship. We go up and down together, don't we? When I'm, when I'm down, Jesus is right there with me down. When I'm up, Jesus got to be right there with me up. Fellowship. John, uh, uh, God is love. First John 4, 8 says, God is love. I'm glad to be in his presence because God is love. God is our peace. Ephesians 2, 14. He is our peace. You need peace. You need to be in the presence of the Lord. I am that I am. We talked about how Jesus is the I am. I am his. I am. Uh, uh, oh, my God. It's almost time to go. Okay, let me go through this real quick and I'm done. I said that before. Huh? <laughs> he is all that you need. He's the great I am. 
We pray because we want our will to line up with his will. How many know that I have a will of my own, but I want my will to line up with his? The scripture tells us what? Whatsoever we ask according to his will, he hears us. We want our will, we want our request to line up with his. The last reason is because, why, the last reason why we pray is because Jesus prayed. If Jesus prayed, I think I need to pray. Jesus prayed, Luke 5, 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And Luke 6, 6, 12 says, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed all night. If Jesus needed to pray, I need to pray. Guess what? Jesus is in heaven and you think, okay, his prayer days is over, right? Hebrews 7.25 says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's praying right now for us. Guess what? You ever heard where people talk about, uh, can you get a prayer through? I think Jesus can get a prayer through. Would you agree? All right. I'm going to say I'm finished even though I'm not because it's already 120. I'm so sorry. It just, this is what happens when you're talking about the things of God. Time flies. Yeah. Because we, 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 we find ourselves standing in what? Eternity. Wow. There's no time in eternity. Yeah. So, so Pastor already said I got all day. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Bless you. So when you pray, which means that if you haven't been praying, start. This is the day the Lord has made so you can start to pray. Pray, pray. There's so much going on in this world. We need more people yeah. praying. So much going on. Other countries, our country, politics, government, mm -hmm. health. Look, the, we, we just got out of a COVID situation. We're still dealing with that. We need to pray. Yeah. Amen. So let us stand. And young lady, are you coming up here to, to, to uh, sing us one more song? Yeah. Amen. You come on up here. And as she comes up here, we'll just, we're, gonna, we're just going to pray. And if there's any requests that you need, you just ra raise your hand if you need prayer. If there's anything, we're not going to have you come up here. But we will pray real quickly. Yes, there's a young lady right over there in the corner and behind that box that wants prayer. Amen. Sister Camille, God bless you. Come on up, sister, while we pray. Yes. Matter of fact, why don't I have you pray? Would you, would you do us the honor of praying for us? Amen. God bless you. And sing. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again today. We thank you for your word. You, Jesus. We thank you for your written word. You, Jesus. We thank you for your will, God. I thank you that our will becomes your will, Lord. We thank you for the message today. I love that we were in the midst of eternity. Because we were in the midst of you, Lord. That you give us that opportunity to abide in you and you abide in us. And that is our prayer, God. Help us to pray. To pray fervently, consistently, daily, God. Lead us in what to pray, Lord. Because you are our Father. 
And what a privilege it is to say that, that you are our Father, Lord. We know you, and you know us. And we can know you more, and we can know you more. So I thank you, Jesus, for suffering the way you did, for dying the way you did, for resurrecting the way you did, for abiding the way you do, for speaking the way you do, for leading us the way you do, Lord. We give our lives to you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Times I get discouraged thinking God forgot my name and I wonder what's my purpose but doubt brings so much shame could I part the seas like Moses or conquer giants with just a stone am I worthy of his grace will he ever call me home then I heard my Jesus sing out, He's the way, the truth, and life. My God can do all things, for He made the sacrifice. I am Elijah, I am a fighter. I'll go to heaven on the chariots of fire. Cause my God is power, my God is ours. He'll break the idols and the chains and take me higher. Though Elijah was a prophet, he was just a man. God used him for his glory through his brokenness. God is fighting for us, whoever calls upon his name, for he qualifies the call and loves us each the same. Then I heard my Jesus sing out, he's the way, the truth, and life. My God can do all things, for he is the sacrifice. I am Elijah. I am a fighter, I'll go to heaven on the chariots of fire, cause my God is power, my God is ours, he'll break the idols and the chains and take me higher, cause I had heard God. And I had sin. Yes, I had idols. I had scars and addictions. But by your love, God, you called my name. 
I am saved. I am saved. I am a fighter on the chariots of fire. idols and the chains and take me higher. I am Elijah. I am a fighter. I'll go to heaven on the chariots of fire. Cause my God is power. My God is ours. He'll break the idols and the chains and take me higher. You are Elijah. You are a fighter. He'll break the idols and the chains and take you higher. Yes. Amen. How many know that God is saying something to us today? Amen. Any fighters in the house? If you're a fighter in the house, give God some praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just believe that God has been speaking to somebody in this house today. You might have been teeter-tottering on, the, on uh, deciding, am I going to jump in with Jesus? Or I'm going to keep fighting and struggling and wondering when I'm going to surrender all? Wow, today is your day. Today is your day in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Just to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me, Lord. Show me the way, God. Write my name down in the Lamb's book of life. Forgive me of my sins. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. There may be somebody that's in the valley of decision today. I believe God's been speaking to your heart today. Then now it's time. Stretch out on faith. Trust me, and I'm going to take you home. Oh, God, there may be somebody today. Oh, God, been sick and afflicted in your body. But our God is a healer, and he's our deliverer, and there's nothing too hard for him. We thank God today, saints. Listen, we thank the Lord today. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And can we just give the Lord a hand praise for Sister Jennifer and, and her gracious husband, Shane. Praise the Lord, blessing our service on today. The word of God teaching us to pray today. Pastor Jones, so thank you so much for the word. Oh, amen, amen, amen. Saints, don't, somebody, don't make this your last time coming to this house of the Lord. God has a blessing for you right here. Amen. Amen. And if you don't mind, before I pray, you just have to make a couple of things clear. We are on fast track with this backpack distribution. We're still in the spirit because we're doing what God has called us to do. So right after service, those who can and who will, we have everything set in the back.
We're going to pack these little backpacks and put the notebooks and pencils and papers in there. And if anybody's available next Saturday, and uh, it's already been an announcement, we'll get everything out to you. But we're going to be distributing those 500 backpacks over in the city of Yerupa Valley. And also they have shoes. They have two or 300 pairs of shoes and socks we're going to be giving away to the children. So saints of God, 3Ps in particular, and whoever else, if you'd like to be a part of that, please let us know. Uh, grab hold of someone here, and, and we're going to go out there and minister to the people on next Saturday. And it's for, for 3Ps, it's all hands on deck. And we just thank the Lord. Amen, amen. All the visitors that are here today, may the Lord God bless you. You know, you dare not start calling names, but I'm just so grateful. Amen, amen. Thank you, Father. So why don't we pray and, and we'll dismiss. And just, Father, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for this day that you've made. And we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I pray your choicest blessings upon these families today. And God, it just hit my heart to pray for Shane and Jennifer, Lord. Their ministry, God. Their relationship, their children, their families, Lord. Oh, God, order their footsteps in your word. Let the anointing continue to fall afresh upon them, God. Cause them to have that relationship that's second to none. That men, women, old and young, will see what great things the Lord is doing through his service. So, Father, let, you, let your will be done in their lives. And we just thank you, Father. And every family that's here again on today. Oh, God, won't you bless? Lord, you brought us from a long way. And you've taught us that prayer changes things, Lord. If we haven't been praying, God, help us to pray. If we've been praying, Father, God, help us to pray more. And, Father, while we're praying, teach us how to trust you, Lord. Teach us how to understand and know that you hear every prayer that's uttered. You hear the groans. You hear the pain. You hear and you see it all. And you answer, God. And we thank you for it. And we bless your name. So that person that's in that valuable decision today, Lord, solidify it for them. Solidify it in their heart and their mind. Just what you would have them to do. For you said in your word, oh God, that you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You said in your word, you told us, trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge you and you'll direct our path. God, we're saying direct our path. Show us the way, God. Be that lamp to our feet and that light to our pathway, God. We thank you and we praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory. We bless your name. Oh, God, thank you. Bless us as we leave this place, but not your presence, God. Thank you for the tithing offerings, God, that's on the wall out there in the, in the entryway, Lord, that, that the, everything that goes in that box is for the upbuilding of your kingdom. God, we say thank you, Lord. These various ministries that's coming forth before us, God, in the prison, send your anointed before we even get there, Lord. So, God, we just thank you and we praise you. We magnify your name. Now, may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with all of us henceforth, now and forever. And all the people of God, put your hands together and say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are dismissed. God bless you.